The healthcare industry has undergone transformational change in the past 10 years, especially as it relates to the implementation of technology. Even so, there's much more to do and many companies are out there doing it, but you don't know about them. At Intrepid Healthcare, our podcast will bring you the crazy ones, the rebels, the troublemakers, the ones who see things differently. The people that are crazy enough to think they can change the world in healthcare. So sit tight and enjoy as we tell the story of another thought leading trailblazer. Welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I'm your host, Joe LaBelle, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation with another trailblazing innovator whose company is helping independent pharmacies stay competitive in a very challenging market. We're going to get right to it today. We're joined by Mike Steinhauser, founder of Acquirit.com. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Joe. Thanks so much for making the time today. It's a topic we're really interested in. Before we begin our discussion, could you take a few seconds and tell the audience about you and your background? Sure. I've been in healthcare since, well, pretty much my whole life. I'm a second-generation pharmacy owner. My father got, me and my brother started probably when we were 13, 14 years old, brought us into the drugstores, fronting shelves, working with customers. So roughly, I've been in the business for about 40 years. So understand healthcare at a very high level. I'm a chairman of a large hospital, been chairman of a large buying group that purchases pharmaceuticals. So buying is pretty much in my blood, Joe. Great, great setup. And will you take a couple of minutes then now and provide our audience with a 10,000 foot overview of acquireit.com? Sure, what Acquireit does is it's an electronic version of a program that goes out and selects the best price for any pharmaceutical drug. So for example, if your local independent pharmacy is supplied by one supplier, it's very difficult for them to go out and buy from two or three or four different suppliers in the marketplace. What the program does is it goes out to probably 15 different suppliers, works through probably 13 to 15,000 drugs, finds the best price that they can purchase them at and purchase it for them. So currently, a lot of drugstores buy from just one supplier, some very large suppliers, either Cardinal, Amerisource, or McKesson. Um, This gives them a lot more autonomy and freedom to select drugs at a better price because part of the challenges of the independent pharmacy is finding the best price. It's a unique industry in that you, you can't really control what you buy it for and you can't control what you sell it for. And this gives them latitude so that for example, Blue Cross Blue Shield says they're only going to pay $35.07 for this drug, and their cost is $55. they got to find a place where it's below that cost, and that's what this program does. Great. And for those that are listening that want to check it out as you're listening, you spell acquireit.com, A-Q-Y-R-E-T-T.com. Mike, the first question I want to ask you is, how would you come up with the idea? Basically, it came out of just a brainstorming session with my team. We sat down and we talked about the drug industry. We talked about the application and how it could apply to many other platforms. For example, dentists are in the same uh, area. Veterinarians are in the same area. They, They are kind of bound by certain purchasing habits that are very antiquated, and they're 100 to 200-year-old distribution models. 
so much of the team came around to, well, they're all acquiring, we're all purchasing things, but we wanted to have something unique and something that would stand out. You have to stop and think about how you pronounce it. It makes you really notice it. So when we've been at trade shows before, people are just very intrigued by the name. They're like, okay, what is this thing? So it serves its purpose in making you interested in the topic. Was the name came. Perfect. You were talking about this antiquated supply chain model. Give us an idea of what you mean when you say these independent pharmacies are using an antiquated supply chain model. What are some good examples? A good example is is when when the drug is manufactured, let's say the raw material comes out of India. From there it's purchased by the drug manufacturer, which may be, let's say, manufactured in Ireland. And then from Ireland, it's transported to, let's say, your local drug wholesaler. The large wholesalers that combined are $275 billion in sales a year. They go to them, and then from the drug wholesalers, it goes to the retailers. With the way the market is and living in the 21st century, we're antiquated in that really that middleman doesn't need to exist. All right. The drug manufacturer, if they have the data of purchasing, we could transmit orders to the drug manufacturer directly and bypass the wholesaler altogether. And the plan is, is the margins that those wholesalers make, they could either, one, go back to the drug manufacturer, who can make a little bit more, but at the same time, pass on the savings to the, the purchaser, and at the same time, they're going to be able to compete in their marketplace better. So with an independent pharmacy, currently they're just purchasing, let's say, two, $3 million a year versus your Walgreens or CVS, which are purchasing billions. So they're not able to compete on the same platform. If I can get 4,000 or 5,000 independent pharmacies working off the same purchasing platform, we can act just like Walmart or CVS or Target and go out and purchase equal amounts at a as good, if not better, price than the large chain. So we're aggregating purchases amongst the independent base, but at the same time we're looking at disrupting the channel of supply from manufacturer to end user, which is the customer. And through that diminishing of the supply chain becomes increased or excuse me, increased in value and decreased cost. So you take the middleman out. It's the old economics 101. Mike, I don't think we needed a CEO gone amok as we had this last month or so to tell us all that drug prices are too high. What are you guys doing to help with that? Well, that's where a lot of the pieces come in because if we reduce the whole supply chain model, what happens is, is let's say, for example, you're on a Blue Cross Blue Shield medication and your copay on a particular drug is, let's say, $15, all right? But we get a cost that comes in at, let's say, $17 of this drug that we would sell it for normally. We're going to be able to get the drug prices down so it's below your copay amount, meaning instead of paying $15, you may only be, have to pay $7 for the drug because the supply chain has diminished and the total costs that used to go to the middlemen now go back to the customer. So this is going to help John Q. Public. Some of the challenges at the big end, meaning the branded manufacturers, we're at the mercy, and I think that's what you're seeing with these rogue CEOs coming in and increasing prices by 5,000% because they're Lord Almighty when it comes to a particular drug. 
those pieces are challenging because the government has given them 16 years of exclusivity on the drugs. I think the thing that's really going to solve that is more legislative versus supply chain. We're still going to be able to service 80 to 85% of the generic products out there at a much cheaper price than anybody else. And that's the bailiwick that we're going after. Mike, I've read all over the place that there's all this money to be made in pharma and pharmaceuticals, but the money's being made by the distributors and by the manufacturers, not necessarily the retail pharmacies. They're not getting their share of the profits, so to speak. First, is that true? And then what can be done to help them? Well, you are correct in that you've got drug manufacturers who typically make net profits of 40 to 50%. Then you go to the distributors who are probably making 25 to 30% profitability on this. They've all been very creative in ways that their publicly traded company, they can hide those numbers in slotting allowances and a lot of other different pieces. McKesson's CEO, John Hammergren, took home $127 million a couple of years ago. That's another way they can hide the money, whereas they really <laughs> couldn't hide it. But then you go back to the independent retailer, who usually traditionally their net profit is anywhere between 2 and 3%. Really, and if you look at all national statistics, independent service customers far better than chains or mass merchants. And the, the independents, I think, need a break in that if we can get them back to a 4 to 5%, we're not saying that they need to make that much more. They're comfortable with 2 to 3. If we can get them to 4 to 5, they can service their customers that much better, i.e., free prescription delivery. My father touted on me how important those shut-ins are and how important it is to give that extra service. Those are some of the things that your community pharmacy can do for you that the big chains can't and won't. So to me, driving value when it comes to cost of goods just equates to better customer service at the pharmacy level. And that's my hope. Mike, is the infrastructure ready in this industry for you to be this disruptive and to innovate like this, what types of things do you need in place to make this happen? Currently, the infrastructure is in place because FedEx, UPS, you didn't have to have a regional wholesaler. For example, McKesson has five to seven of these super hubs all over the country. In all reality, really, third-party logistics where, let's say, for example, Pfizer houses a lot of their drugs inside of FedEx's warehouse. In essence, all we would have to do is ship the order to FedEx. They would pick, pack, and ship it, send it to the store, and Pfizer's happier, the drugstore's happier, and the, the middlemen are the ones that are out of the equation, and that's kind of the ultimate hope. I'm also part of a large buying group, which is a co-op that has their own warehouse, which is a true co-op in that all the proceeds go back to the stores. We represent about 5,000 pharmacies, and they are very interested in this model because it gives them the value they deserve. Really, independents deserve more of the piece of pie, and it's really been shoved down our throats because the plans dictate and then the wholesalers dictate. This gives them a little more latitude. I love that. Gives them the value they deserve. Talk about that some more. When I talk about independent pharmacies, I'm talking about a lot of people that I know in the industry that have built their life around the community. They've built their life around the epicenter of the community, meaning a lot of small towns, the pharmacy is your first point of contact when it comes to 
an ailment because a lot of times these doctors have moved out of town. The pharmacy has been kind of the hub and smoke of the community when it comes to health care, and I think they deserve more because they are embedded in your community. They are part of your community. They're your neighbors. Their kids hang out with your kids. I think they deserve a greater value because they are Main Street America, and too much of that is disappearing from this whole mass merchant, fast-paced kind of ideology. I think if you go to a local independent pharmacy, you're going to find that they're going to give you twice, if not three times, a better service. And I think if I can help them on the supply chain afford more services, for example, my father was always a strong proponent of free delivery. Well, of course, there's no such thing as free delivery, but we would deliver for free. Even though it may not be the smartest business choice, it's the right choice for the customer. And if you give them extra money to help them do that, that's what it's all about, giving them a better value than what they really are getting right now because they're better community citizens than the large chains and the mass merchants. That's my take on it. Perfect. I love that. What's next for Acquire.com, Mike? What are you planning for 2016? Right now we're building independent pharmacy platforms across the country, established a good-sized sales team. Our back-end support, our infrastructure is pretty much in place. We've got acquire.com set up as our website, and then we have dedicated portals for each of the pharmacies. We're also looking at other areas to help streamline. I look at your local dentist or your local veterinarian as kind of a next phase for this. I think there's some value that we can drive for them, and, and I think they deserve some of that too because doctors and dentists are in a very similar boat that independent pharmacies are. I think they can drive more value, and we can help them do a better job and purchasing and getting greater value for them. So we're looking at other platforms. We're looking at electronics. We're looking at hospitals. I think shortening up that whole supply chain is only going to add value to the end-use customer. Great. Mike, we're winding up here today. But before I let you go, where can people go to learn more about Acquire.com? Sure, absolutely. You can go to our website, Acquire.com. It has a general overview, and then there's a contact tab. We've got sales reps, customer service people standing at ready to help people answer questions. We appreciate the time, and I really appreciate you taking the time to interview me. I'm uh, very excited, very excited about it. It's absolutely my pleasure. Just one more time to reiterate, it's A-Q-Y-R-E-T-T dot com. Mike, it was such a great pleasure to have you. Thanks for sharing your story with us today. Thank you, Joe. I had a great time talking with you. I did as well. And that wraps this broadcast on behalf of our guest, Mike Steinhauser. I'm Joe Lavelle, and we'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare.